Welcome to the Improvising Life Podcast, where we explore how life can be more livable. This is Lori Crawford, your host. I'm super excited for this episode because so many of you contributed to it. So I put up in my Instagram stories the sort of call for responses to two questions. The first one being... What are some of the adulting tasks that you just hate the most? What are the ones that just strain you that, as her sheet speaks, that just thinking about them can put you in a sour mood? And then the second question was, what are your current favorite joy practices? And I think this is a really um, expected or anticipated observation that there were far more responses to what parts of adulting are really draining than what responses were provided for joy practices, right? There aren't as many, (laughs) oh, she's funny. There aren't as many people who perhaps had the space of even considering what a current joy practice is. And I just want to normalize that first before we move any further, because there is so little room for joy in adulting with the way that things are currently set up, right? Because it, it seems like a luxury when really it's like a, I believe it's a true foundation or a source of nourishment that if we aren't able to access more play and ease and joy, that makes the weight of adulting so much heavier and so much more adult, um, adulting and so much more stifling. It makes adulting seem like something that is the only thing that can exist. So I want to spend some time you know, playing with this idea of sort of gifting the mundane a bit of magic or also, you know, really like what this looks like in practice is adulting with our inner baby, right? You know, like having that youthful part of us that perhaps was really shut down and, you know, we were told that we had to grow out of, you know, like grow up, be a functional adult, you know, as if that meant we had to leave that more playful, spirited, more refreshed part of ourselves behind, right? Otherwise, like, we can't possibly be adulting correctly if we're not miserable, right? So, like, how can we sort of shake that up? And so with all of your really um, wonderful and much appreciated contributions in my Instagram stories, I put together this podcast episode. And so to sort of set the stage, I just want to like name that there are these like really monotonous, mundane, like joy killers, right? (laughs) And how can we name those and then shift in this place of life being more livable because we're able to see the power of having joy practices, right? And how life-giving it is. And and not just life-giving, it's like life-sustaining. It helps us not be depleted to begin with, whereas it's almost like we're expected to deplete ourselves and then, you know, find a way to nurse ourselves back to uh, any sense of well-being or to really just another level or variation of surviving. So I'm just really curious about how we can interrupt this depletion cycle and instead of getting to the point where we are already you know, having an empty cup, how can we be simultaneously filling our cup as we have to empty it out of it, right? And so this language came through, and I want to preface this that I know it's, <laughs> yeah, Mercury, that it sounds like intense language, and it's really intentional, right? So we're going to be, <laughs> hold on, Mercury's going to share for a moment. <laughs> This is my greatest joy practice is as I start sharing something and Mercury has her own variation, letting her share that out and just gaining all that wisdom she's sharing. 
as her little feet are kicking out of her little chair like she's on a roller coaster. And blowing some bubbles. <laughs> really? So this language that came through was, you know, it's sort of the first question that I'd ask people about what adulting tasks just sort of like suck your soul. The language later came through is those are... <laughs> Those are joy poachers, right? And that that language is intense and it's intentional, right? Because as adulting exists right now and the, the structures that we're operating in, especially in the West, those expectations of what adulting looks like does come from this really colonized, extractive, problematic, whiteness-based expectation and lens, as is poaching, right? poaching being this this disregard for life or well-being and just taking and extracting right so there are these experiences these expectations these practices or tasks that we have to do to to function to make ends meet that are joy poachers and what happens when we're able to combine them with joy practices right does that again allow us to acknowledge in one aspect of the moment we're pouring out of our cup <laughs> and then also how can we be pouring back into our cup with something more nourishing so we're not getting to the point of an empty cup or being really depleted or burnt out? What if there can be this balance of poaching and practicing joy? So some of the responses to sort of the joy poachers, um, two people responded with taxes, right? And so at the time of this, this is in May, so it's after tax season but still really fresh in people's mind and you know often a source of trauma really of, of having to go through that the process we also had we also had the response of sorting and throwing out old papers cleaning mowing the <laughs> mowing the grass doing the dishes Making appointments or calling strangers of any, like, sort of task. And then deciding on what to cook and then prepping dinner for family, right? Because of this, this sort of dislike or, you know, lack of fondness for cooking. Some of the joy practices shared were dancing, planting flowers, movies, sitting in gardens, laughing with family nature walks, lifting weights, and singing. And so when I saw this list, right, so I wrote out, you know, the list of poachers and then practices, and I saw some that felt like really obvious pairings, but I wanted to sort of challenge myself to reimagine different combinations for this balance, for this idea of as I'm having to do something that feels depleting, how can I be resourcing, you know, and if you haven't listened to the last episode, um, I would do that afterwards with this idea of how are we resourcing ourselves? So I shared five different types of sources that we can reconnect to. Um, and so I wanted to, to play a little bit about where these combinations could be coming from. And so I want to share out some of these pairings and hopefully those of you who responded to stories and submitted your, your, joy poachers and your joy practices that any of these pairings especially for the categories that you shared could be something that you explore with and I would love to hear back on whether you do that and how that goes for you right because this is all about giving yourself permission to play and to just see what happens right and I was trying to make sure I paired these in a sensible way sensible meaning like their safety's kept in mind um you know that if there's like a 
any absolute necessities like legal things like taxes you know that you're still able to comply with those and not have an additional (laughs) situation to navigate so that being said i have seven pairings that i want to share out for us to play with the first one is sorting papers and watching movies and this is one that i often do that i actually is invitation for myself to revisit swapping out sorting papers with also like going through and cleaning out my email inbox so really putting on a movie something that I usually something that I've seen that I really love so that way I would like still be sort of paying attention but I want to be afraid to miss something and then I can just sort of start tackling oh gosh I have over 10,000 emails literally that I need to go through right but this idea of as you're sorting through something can you be replenishing yourself with another sort of landscape or scenery that you're seeing? Because movies can transport you somewhere else. So what would it be like to be filing or sorting through papers in this other place? So picking a movie, perhaps, where you love the place it transports you to. And does that sort of energetic change of scenery change your experience of sorting through papers? The second pairing was taxes and sitting in the garden. And what came to mind with this was I've seen commercials offering, you know, like virtual tax services. So could you, if that's something accessible for you, could you schedule that and then be sitting in your garden or in your favorite nature space and being able to be in a more serene environment and not a stuffy office, you know, that can have more of a overwhelming energy so that way you're able to approach you know this idea of being able to ground into something more supportive while something really depleting like taxes is happening and taking place the third pairing is mowing the grass and singing i really thought of my husband with this one his it was his response that mowing grass was his joy poacher which I, i do know about him obviously and i often see him while he's mowing the grass um you know with his headphones on he's listening to something but i was curious about whether you know he this idea as Mercury sings, of singing could be this exchange where it's like you're almost having this moment of trying to out-sing the lawnmower, right? Like, who's going to be the loudest? Who's going to have the best rhythm or tempo? Who, who is really conveying their emotionality more, right? And so this idea of, of mowing the grass and singing came through and just, like, how funny that would be um, and knowing he's more reserved than I. I would be more likely if I, I mean, if I wasn't allergic to grass and I was able to mow grass to be singing and not care what the neighbors thought. But I, you know, if you're listening to this, babe, it's a little challenge to just explore and see how it would feel to start singing while mowing the grass. The fourth one is one that I actually do all the time. So this was less of a stretch, but it's one that I think is under um, sort of utilized is this idea of washing dishes while dancing. You know, I've found that moving my body in a way that I enjoy while doing something that I don't enjoy like dishes can really help me see more of like this sort of orchestrated effort right it's a way for me to almost have this choreography of oh I'm gonna wash the cups to this song oh I'm gonna wash all the pots and pans to this song that has like a heavier beat and then when it gets time for the silverware (laughs) the silverware I'm gonna go ahead and play my favorite Latin hits channel because that's gonna have the most like you know upbeat percussion and I'm gonna be playing with the silverware in the sink or you know this idea that you can have a, a playlist that you're dancing to specifically for when you're doing dishes <laughs> he's so funny just a side note anytime i'm recording 
like this or in a session with someone is when she's the most vocal when I'm not sharing out she's like really silent and it's because I think it's because I have an undefined throat in human design and she has a defined throat so as I'm sharing I'm amplifying and so then she's like oh well actually I have something to say <laughs> that cracks me up all right, and now the fifth pairing is what I put like dinner and family fun. So this was combining the response of really deciding on what to cook for dinner and prepping it is a, a joy poacher because there's just, you know, especially with you already, if you don't like cooking, it's just a, it's one of those monotonous every single day you have to do a task right and it can also while this wasn't something that was shared just want to normalize that this can be a part of decision fatigue right it's like having to always decide what to cook you're constantly making decisions and especially if there's different dietary needs for each person that all of that just makes it more exhausting so i have this curiosity right of having this like dinner and family fun component where instead of it being more of like a exchange of what i'm preparing you dinner what if family can be more a part of the process and hope pause 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 i know that for those of us who can often be in control mode in the kitchen or just wanting to get something done that that can be triggering right of asking for help or to be giving tasks to someone else and also what if there can be this sort of gamification right what if one day a week even you're asking someone in the family okay you go grab two items from the fridge someone else go grab two items from the pantry someone else go grab one item from the shelf coming together and then putting on a timer for two minutes for two minutes and saying what do you think we can make out of this how can we pair this up granted it may not end up being the most delectable dinner but that idea gives you this practice of shifting expectation right Suddenly, you don't have to be this like culinary award-winning chef, and you don't have to just be in this place of, of only a service, of creating something for someone else. It can start to be this way that the family is making decisions together. And through that process, it can also give those that you're preparing food for a different understanding, a more nuanced appreciation for something that you have to do every single day. And this goes also with the part of like dinner cleanup, as there's like a huge truck going by in the background. We'll just let them pass um also at least for me the dinner cleanup is what is more of a joy poacher for me than the actual cooking you know and gamifying that too so you know okay we're gonna put on a 30 second timer let's see how many dishes we can get in the dishwasher or who can um, dry the dishes fastest you know understandably not doing knives that way you know like again putting on our, our what's what's our safe and accessible goggles right but having that approach to dinner and family fun <laughs> Um, the sixth pairing, yes, sixth, um, is appointments and planting flowers. And the person that shared out the appointments part, um, you listen to this, you know, that you're one of my favorite people ever. And so I was thinking about, and this came together really as something that I can so see you doing. So if you have, um, headphones or wireless headphones, Bluetooth, some way to be able to be on your phone without necessarily using your hands, how can you be tending to your garden or planting something or being outside in this cultivating or like curating way while making appointments? Because appointments often have a lot of idle time. You might be put on hold. You might be asked to repeat things a lot. And so if you're able to be tilling or moving around in the garden and really being able to have like this physical grounding that's happening i'm just curious on whether that offers this different sense of energy exchange and you know and whether or not 
you know, while you're on hold, instead of listening to their horrible choice in elevator music, you're instead, like, talking to your begonias, I think those are uh, plants, (laughs) or, like, you know, like, asking the mint how it's doing. You know, it's like it can give you this idea of instead of talking to strangers on the phone, you can also be spending your the sort of in-between time talking to your plants and your flowers and really like having um, this connection to the idea of why you're calling to make these appointments, how that's going to be planting the seeds for maybe um, a different level of, of health. Maybe it's a health appointment you're planning or uh, calling someone to schedule something in the future, you know, and that's an oil change, just something where it'll give you a different quality of life once the physical call is made and once the appointment is had. And that sort of reminder that tilling in a garden or like cultivating something, planting something, isn't for an immediate response. It's, it's sort of that commitment to a longer uh, gestation, so to speak. And the last pairing that came through that kind of made me giggle, um, but I'm curious to try out, is this idea of pairing cleaning as the poacher, the joy poacher, with <laughs> um, with this combination of nature time and weightlifting. And what came to mind here is how many things do we have to clean out? Let's say we have to sort through a bunch of clothes or files or something. Um, that we can physically move to an outdoor space and be sitting outside and going through it and letting that fresher energy go through it. It might help us make decisions of what to keep, what to store, what to sell or to donate or to get rid of, right? And then the idea of as we're cleaning inside maybe the house or things that involve more movement-based cleaning, how can there be this idea of weightlifting, right? So if you're someone who enjoys movement or weightlifting, how can you bring in some of that muscle memory, those mechanics into how you clean? Does your experience with sweeping or mopping change if you're looking at it as, oh, I enjoy doing lunges or squats. How can I safely incorporate this part of my practice through the, the idea of cleaning, right? Um, how can I do some squats into a tricep press as I'm dusting or, you know, getting cobwebs off the wall? How can I be resorting or, you know, moving my winter clothes into storage and getting my spring clothes with this idea of weightlifting? So really like allowing there to be this energy exchange where you're getting the, you know, the the hormones and the endorphins that you appreciate from weightlifting as you're cleaning and shifting the energy and moving things around that maybe fall into the more mundane, oh, I need to do this task. You know, and one thing also that's coming through with with this idea is even approaching like changing your linens or your bedding with this idea of of weightlifting and so those were the seven pairings that came through um and you know i'm just curious on whether anyone if you try any of them or if you have any of your own and this is leading to this larger conversation that i'll be having in the next um, few episodes of really about my relationship with time and how we can re-envision how we connect with time in this sort of nexus with adulting and being more youthful and playful and how we can curate some spaces and practices that feel more nourishing and less depleting. Thank you again for everyone who participated in Instagram stories. That was so fun and like really nice to have that to rip off of. And I hope to connect with you more in that space and reach out and let me know if you try any of these combinations or pairings or even what your initial reaction is to hearing them. Thank you so much for listening. As always, have a razzle-dazzle day. And if that's not accessible, put an F on front and have a frazzle-dazzle day.